Hey, what's up? This is Grant Mitchell, and this is the first movie review of Grant's Horror Movie Podcast. This is a review of Night Swim. So Night Swim is the first horror film that is theatrically released in 2024, and it is the directorial debut of Bryce McGuire. Um, the movie, however, is produced by both James Wan of Saw and Conjuring and Insidious fame, as well as Jason Blum of Blumhouse Productions fame. Um, and you know what that means, folks? It's a whole bunch of jump scares. The concept of the movie is, look, you've heard of haunted houses. You've heard of haunted people, perhaps. Um, but have you ever heard of a haunted pool? Well, that's what this movie um, has got in store for you. The movie follows a family that moves into a new house that has a pool. The father of this household is a pro baseball player who recently got injured during spring training. So he's not able to do the thing that he wants to do. And he's mostly just hanging around with his family at the house. This is causing some strained relationships within the family. Blah, blah, blah. Who gives a shit? The point is the pool starts killing people. And that's where things get really exciting. The way that the pool kills people is that it basically makes you try to grab something within the pool. And then the minute that you, so like something that's floating on like the surface. And then the minute that you try to grab for it, it sucks you in and drowns you. And, um, most of the movie is you trying to figure out the mechanics of the pool. So for example, there's a point where the cat tries to jump into the pool to get something and then the pool kills the cat. But then at the same time, it, uh, sort of regenerates the baseball dad's, uh, ailments with his like hand and whatnot. So the pool giveth and the pool taketh, if you will. And most of the movie is trying to figure out that. It's trying to figure out the mechanics of how the pool works, right? So like, what does the pool want? How is it going to get it? Is the pool a bunch of demons or does the pool function as its own entity? And um, the answer to all of those questions and more can be answered for you if you watch the film. I won't spoil it. Look, here's the deal, folks. So the thing about jump scare horror movies, and there's like, you know, dozens of these made a year, is that you can't really just do jump scares for 90 minutes. Um, you have to figure out what else you're going to put in the movie to make it an actual movie. Like at most, you're going to be able to do like maybe 15, 20 minutes of jump scares, which means that as a filmmaker, you have 70 plus minutes of something else and you have to figure out what that something else is. And you really have three options. Uh, excuse me. One option is comedy. The problem with this is that most horror comedies or at least movies, movies like it, like, you know, um, marketed as more horror comedies are really just comedies that happen to use horror as like a plot device. They're not really horror films. Like, to me, like Scream is a horror film that has comedic elements into it, whereas like, you know, scary movie or something is mostly just a comedy that uses horror to propel itself forward. 
And the thing about Scream is that the horror aspects are actually genuinely brilliant because it's directed by Wes Craven, but you really rarely get that, right? Option two is drama, where you have these characters that have these like complex lives, and then you mix the drama of the characters and that character study with the horror in some way. So in like Hereditary, for example, the trauma that the family is experiencing from their recent loss um, is personified through these like demonic possession type things. Um, That's a really good example of this. Most examples of horrors that try to do drama fail because uh, it's usually done when the filmmaker is not a very exciting filmmaker and they just need to figure out something to do. Like drama is just so much more easy to do than comedy. So if you're a guy who wants to make a movie with a bunch of jump scares and you're not uh, a particularly talented storyteller, then you're just going to pick drama by default because it's easy to do. And I don't know, a lot of horror movies to me, it, it feels like, the movie's really excited about the horror aspects and then everything else feels like a kid trying to like turn in a paper at Friday at 11:59 PM. And a lot of movies just end up coming out like that. The third option, which is even more rare. And the thing I was hoping that this movie would be is the James Wan option, which is to just basically do jump scares for 90 minutes to go. Yeah, that doesn't work but we're going to do it anyway. Go fuck yourself. This is what you paid for. We're just going to give you what you want. All right. Look, you came for the jump scares. We're going to do at least, you know, if if you're a normal person, you're going to make 15 to 20 minutes worth of jump scares. If you're a psycho who's just like, fuck it, let's just throw everything at the wall and see what happens. You might just put, you know, 40 to 50 minutes of jump scares, which doesn't really work. It always gets a little boring at some point, but Um, it's not necessarily more boring than trying to do a drama. So who gives a shit? So night swim mostly tries to do option number two. The movie is very interested in this father's inability to play baseball. There's also like each of the kids have like their own sort of like dramas, like the uh, brother's sort of antisocial and the sister has this relationship with this kid at school. Blah, blah, blah. Again, who gives a shit? I thought all of that shit was mostly boring. It felt very um, tacked on at the last minute. I can't imagine anyone caring about it. And so the problem with this movie is that while the 15 to 20 minutes that have scares in it are exciting, the rest of the movie is basically just a shitty drama. There are things about it that I liked, and especially there are things about those, you know, horrific aspects that I thought were really cool there was a lot of points where people would be in the pool and then they would sort of venture past the point where you can like stand in the pool, if that makes sense. So if you're like a five foot person, you venture past the five foot point and now you're suddenly like sort of drifting in the water, which I thought was really cool because I remember having that experience as a kid where like the local pool that I went to when I was able to like venture past where I could walk. That was a really scary moment. And I think that this movie taps into that fear. And I also thought that the jump scares in the movie were mostly pretty good in a like very James Wan way. Like um, 
One of my favorite jump scares in like the past 15 years was in Insidious. It's like these characters are kind of like walking around the house and then they enter this room and in the room is this demon that's just sort of there casually in the room. Like it's not even like it jumps out at you. It's just sort of there. And the movie gives you like half a second to notice that demon before it hits you with the really loud sound that makes you jump. And I thought that's kind of brilliant because it's like, as soon as you figure out what's happening on screen, that's when it gives you the jump as opposed to just having something jump out of nowhere and freak you out. And this movie has that there is like an awareness of what like the art of creating a jump scare is. It's not just making a loud sound at something that's spooky. It's pushing the audience's attention towards something and then creating some sort of misdirection. It's, it's basically the same thing as like creating a good joke where you're pushing the audience's attention towards something. And then you say something that's totally opposite, but also kind of makes sense. And it's funny. It, it, It has a similar effect, but at the end of the day, who really cares you know, th- there's good stuff I liked about it. There's stuff I didn't like about it. But at the end of the day, it's it's mostly just a really boring movie in which you're watching this, you know, father uh, struggle with his inability to play baseball. And none of it was particularly compelling. It wasn't an interesting drama film on its own right. And so the horror just sort of, I don't know, you know, for whatever I liked about it, that's only 15 minutes in the movie and it didn't really do too much for me. Bryce McGuire, I hope he does more things. Um, It's difficult when watching this movie to know how much of the movie is him versus how much of the movie is James Wan, because James Wan is such a particular style and he's taken a lot of other filmmakers ideas and then produced them. And they all kind of end up having this sort of James Wan-y vibe to it. So it's difficult to say how much is actually Bryce McGuire versus the sort of like Jason Blum, James Wan production, but um, I don't know. I, I I think that there are moments that definitely highlight Braces McGuire's ability to direct. So if he wants to make other horror movies, I hope that he can continue to do that. Um, that's really all I have to say about this movie. Um, I don't know. Which should, should I give it like a rating somehow? How about we do like a out a, a ten rating? Um, I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give it a four out of 10. I think it's something that if you are into these kind of horror movies, you may as well watch it. You know, these only come around every once in a while. Like how many Blumhouse movies are released a year? Probably one a month. So this is your January Blumhouse movie. So fucking go see it. Um, if you're not into either James Wan or Jason Blum, this movie is not going to persuade you otherwise. It's a totally fine horror movie, but I don't know. It 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 has more interesting things that like uh, allude to the idea that the people who made it were talented than the actual movie itself being interesting. So I don't know. Say la vie. One thing that I do think is interesting. I wanted to put this on at the end. Is when I came into the movie, I saw it at the uh, Lagrange Classic Cinemas, and the sound was off for like the first five, 10 minutes of the film. 
And it was just a fluke with the actual cinema itself. So if somebody like went up, told the people that worked there, like, hey, you need to get the sound back on. And then after like five, 10 minutes, they just figured out how to put it on and then restarted the movie. But for like five, 10 minutes, I was watching like the first part of this movie, which has like starts off with a jump scare sequence. And I was watching it without sound. And it was sort of like miraculously unscary. Like it really made me consider how important sound is to these films. Like I would say, I mean, Spielberg always said that sound is more important than cinematography. And I think that there is really no better example genre wise than a jump scare horror movie. I mean, try watching insidious or the conjuring movies, which I love and I totally respect, but try watching those without sound. Um, I, I think it just shows the importance of it. And as a sound guy, I think that's pretty fucking cool. So, um, yeah, sound design was pretty tight, but you know, who cares? Um, okay. That's it. That's my review of Night Swim. Bye-bye.